0: Welcome to the Connected Mom Podcast, where we have real conversations, helping you to connect more deeply with God, more empathically with your fellow moms, and more intentionally with your child. I am Becky Harling, your host. And I'm really excited today about our conversation because it's something I've been thinking through a lot in the last few months. And so there are a few facts I want to start with before I introduce our guest. Do you realize that 47% out of a thousand adults consider themselves addicted to their phones. That's a staggering statistic, right? And so you've probably been at the park with your kids and you've looked around and what are all the moms doing? They're scrolling Instagram or their email or their Facebook or whatever. They're addicted to their phones. And adults' attention span has gone downhill in the last few years. In fact, some experts tell us that we now have the attention span of a goldfish. I don't know how that makes you feel, but that doesn't make me feel great. And then 99% of daily decisions are happening without Any personal reflection time. And those statistics to me are staggering. Our guest today is Katie Westenberg, and she has written an amazing new book called But Then She Remembered. And the subtitle is How to Give God Your Full Attention in a Distracted World. Man, do we ever need this. Katie is first and foremost a follower of Jesus. She's a wife, a mom, to. For homeschooled kids. She believes boldly in the transformative power of faith in Jesus Christ. She's an author and a speaker, and we'll give you more information on how you can connect with her in a little bit. But welcome, Katie. It's fun to have you here. Becky, thank you for having me. Yeah. And, you know, I um, am a parent of four kids. Now I have 14 grandkids. All my four kids are out of the home and married, uh, which is amazing. But tell us a little bit before we get into our conversation about who you are, about your kids and about your life as a mom. Okay. Well, this
1: is fun to talk about because a lot of the podcasts I do are not focused just to moms. And so even when I was writing, my editors would say like, not quite so many mom examples, Katie, but now we just get to talk about the mom thing. So I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I am from the non-Seattle part of Washington state. Okay. People tend to think that Washington is all Seattle, but where I live, it's actually quite dry. It doesn't even rain much. A lot of agriculture. We live on a little bit of a land and we're surrounded by grapes and cherries. And I have four kids. And um, how old oldest, are they? Eight, my oldest is about to graduate just in a, a month or two. Okay. So that's exciting. That is eighteen. And then I have the two girls and they're 14 and just about to turn 13. And then the littlest one is 10. So two Uh-oh. girls and two boys.
0: How fun is that? You know, yeah. it's just you're right in the thick of it. And I love that. And then um, you are married, obviously. And tell us a little bit about I your think. husband. So my husband's an electrician and we we dated in high school wow. and I
1: didn't really plan that this would be, you know, I was going to marry him. I don't think of those things when I was in high school. I was planning on leaving for another coastline and, but I went to college and came back and got
0: married and we have been married 22 years this summer. Congratulations. I love it yeah, when marriages continue and they're healthy. I know my husband and I have been married for 43 years. So well oh, done. Amazing. Well done. And it's delightful to have you on. So, Katie, what made you, what prompted you to write this book? What's the story behind the book? Because there's always a story behind every book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the writing I do typically just comes out of my time with the Lord. I am. I love um, that. Kind of yeah, I'm just a nerd at heart. I love to study. I love to read. And so um, anything I've written really comes from that time. And specifically, this one was a couple years ago when I was reading through the Bible cover to cover. And I always like the perspective that that gives me. It can be um, a daunting task for some mm-hmm. people, but the times that I've committed to that, I, I feel like I see scripture anew. You see themes that I wouldn't otherwise see when you're deep diving in just to a book. So, the theme of remembrance just caught my attention, and how much it's talked about, and what happens when God's people forget, and and even the parallels between distractions. Because although the the facets of distractions are new today, the technology obviously wasn't there in the Bible. They weren't dealing with um, watches that send text messages to us and notify Mm -hmm. us all these things, but they were there in different ways and their hearts were prone to wander just like ours are. So it was really just a few years ago, writing through scripture and seeing the parallels and realizing they're not outdated and God not only commanded us to remembrance, but created us for it. Like he made our bodies and our brains designed so they do remember. So it was really just working through it in those years and and highlighting those passages. And I like I want to see everything God has to say about remembering. So that's kind of where it started. But um, this world doesn't allow us to get away from it. The distractions are everywhere. So it, it seemed like a, a fitting time to talk about this topic.
0: Yeah, and it, it seems. I mean, Moses, Daniel, David, Jesus—they didn't have iPhones. You know, they weren't mm-hmm. checking their email there certainly wasn't social media constantly pulling them. And yet, you know, I think back to the story of Mary and Martha, which is one of my favorites. And Jesus' comment to Martha is, Martha, Martha, you are distracted by many things. And so distractions do come. So what do distractions have to do with remembering? Well, distractions are really a surface level symptom.
1: And I think a lot of times we think they are the problem. If I could just turn my phone down, if I could just set it over here for a while. And not that any of those things are poor strategies because they can be helpful to help us get away from the noise. Mm-hmm. But when we have a heart that is prone to wander, that wants to peek into other people's lives, that wants to think that like this what I have is really not good enough, mm-hmm. that becomes the bigger issue. So really in this book we're getting past the the surface level distractions and asking, Why is it that I have a heart that doesn't want to focus, that that is so easily distracted? Why am I, like the Israelites, so easy looking for um, something right in front of me or something that, and, and thinking, beginning to doubt what God has done and what he has placed? So it's getting beyond the symptoms to what has God commanded me to do? Who has he said he is? Even here, even when I feel overlooked or feel like I don't add up to any of the parents or the moms around me, what does God say about this?
0: Yeah. And so for the mom that is, you know, let's say in the toddler years, um, or even the mom that's in the grade school or high school years, like you are, you know, with all the kids activities, with uh, babies that are up at night, how does she live undistracted to the Lord. I mean, it almost seems to some, I'm sure, like an elusive dream. Like you talk about reading through scripture and I have done that as well. And I love that. But what about the mom who says, well, this is just not realistic for me because my kids are up at five and I'm exhausted and I've always got the next thing to do. I really can't sit down and just study scripture. What would you say to her?
1: Well, thankfully, the Lord is not up there keeping score like we do. Right? I don't think he's up there. Oh man, she missed her Bible study today, and um, she hasn't met with me for a while. And she, her prayers are short. Hers aren't very long. You know, like he's not keeping score like we are. He's not keeping a record of that. He wants a heart that chooses to follow him in any season we're in. And I remember specifically when there was a, a day that I, I have been a faithful Bible reader because that, that discipline is easy for me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to work at it as hard yeah. as some people do. It's, it's been a natural part of my day, right? So I probably don't get extra credit for that. So I was you know doing my regular Bible study. And then one day I didn't have time for it. A baby was up early and I just went about, okay, here we go. It's hit the ground running. Yeah. And I remember it being a super sweet day. And at the end of the night, as I lay in bed, I was thinking about what a Sweet day with the Lord. I felt I could feel his presence. I could feel you were with me and you were sustaining me when it was hard. And then I looked back on the day and thought, I didn't even read my Bible today. Like, how does that happen? And I think when we develop those disciplines, we often make them God rather than being present. God. And I realize you know, not not that that would discount Bible reading at all. That's still an important part of me meeting with him, but him being present in my life isn't dependent on that. So it's just really saying, am I after a checklist or am I really after more of God? And if this is what he's placed in front of me, sick toddlers, crying toddlers, crazy busy schedules because I'm running kids to sports, where can I meet him in between? Because I'm sure that he thinks that's enough. I'm just searching for more of him while I take care of the things that he's placed in front of me.
0: I love that you said that, Katie, um, and for you moms out there listening, I sure hope that relieves a whole lot of guilt for from you, because guilt isn't helping you, you know, and so I love what Katie said about you want more of God, and so you got to figure out how that looks in your life, in your season, with your kids, you know. And one of the things that you talk about is the difference between an interruption and and a distraction. Now, for those of us that are moms, we are interrupted all the time. I mean, I can just imagine some moms leaning in right now, listening to us thinking, yeah, it was just on the telephone and my four-year-old interrupted me, or you know, my junior high student had something urgent that I had to take care of. So what's the difference between interruptions and distractions, and how can we steward an interruption in a godly way as a mom?
1: Yeah, yeah. This is a fun one for me to realize when I was reading through scripture. It was specifically in John four when Jesus met the woman at the well. Wow. And he and his disciples had just come after after this big time of traveling. They were exhausted and they were hungry. And so, like, if that isn't a mom's life, you know, like when when was the last time you gotta eat a decent meal and you're working hard? And here he is at the well and he sits down against the well. And like we know that kind of tired. I'm just Going to be done. And what do you know? This is how it happens with Jesus. The people always show up. Like there they are meeting him on the other side of the river. Well, here comes the woman at the well. And um, he has this dialogue with her. So she's an interruption to what he wants. I just want to rest. Just give me some water. I'm thirsty, right? And here he gives of himself. And go and and um, mm-hmm. changes that woman's life, and she goes on to her city to tell more people. And when the disciples come back, they're like, "Hey, we got the food." And he said, "I have food that you don't even know about. Like mm-hmm. I've already been fed." in serving. And so any of those times, even when the woman reached out for the hem of his robe, yeah. you know, he's going about things and here he's interrupted by her. And the interruptions don't rattle him, which which is what I noticed as a mom, the interruptions are really what rattles me, yeah. not the distractions. I can pick up my phone and scroll and like, oh no, I'm just doing this now. I'm not distracted by my distractions. I'm happy to engage in those. But it's when a kid interrupts me that I'm like, wait a minute, I don't want to be doing this right now. I don't I don't want to stop and do this. I don't have time for another injury and another band Band-aid and yeah. whatever else, you know? Yeah. But it was the interruptions that didn't trip Jesus up. And he was always, always had that sense of mission. So he would deal with what's in front of him gracefully, had time for them. And then he would go about his mission. Mm. He'd go right on through the interruption and, okay, and now we'll turn and do exactly what I was doing. So he never lost a sense of direction by interruption.
0: I, I love that because I think our interruptions oftentimes are, are sent from God, you know, to, because he has something for us to do or say or listen to in that conversation. And so that's huge. So in our quest to be fully present, you know, we're, we're trying to live in such a way that we're going to be fully present to God and hopefully fully present to our kids and our spouse. Uh, how do we change our mindset about these interruptions? Yeah. So one clear way to do that is to distinguish,
1: and this is what we talk about in the book, between a sense of moment and a sense of mission. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think the world has really kind of tainted how we look at things because all of social media, and and I will argue that there are benefits to that. There are things that we we really cherish and have made our world better because of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying like throw the whole baby out with the handbasket, but one (laughs) downfall of it is that it has made us so focused on the present moment. Like there's new information and new information and new information. There's yep. always something going on. And so we get caught up in this sense of moment, but that's not where Jesus was. He wasn't constantly in the sense of moment. He was on the sense of mission. So if we can change that in our hearts, okay, right now I don't want to deal with another crying kid. I don't want to deal with the refrigerator that something just got spilled in and it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Like this messes up my sense of moment. But if we can convert to thinking about our sense of mission. Yeah. God, is this what you've called me to do right now? Could I serve you and honor you and glorify you by cleaning up a messy fridge with a happy heart? Mm. Could I run errands and carpool extra kids or feed extra kids that I didn't plan on feeding? Can I serve in a way that would honor mm. you? Could this be an act of worship? So it's really just trading that sense of moment for a sense of mission. There's something bigger and more important here, Lord, and
0: I want to see it. I want to honor you with it. I I love that so much. Um, you know, when my kids were really little, I remember moments where one of them would be sick and I would be rocking them, you know, and I remember praying over them and just saying, Lord, help me not to forget this moment because right now in this moment, this is my mission, you know, and Mm -hmm. it may not, feel like you're changing the world, but you really are. And so in those ordinary moments, you know, where you are picking up a neighbor's kid or where you are taking a meal to a mom who's just had a baby, those are ordinary moments, but they can be you being on mission with God and doing what he's called you to do. And so I, I really love that distinction, Katie. That's, it's, Really profound for our listeners. So, thank you for sharing that. So, if you were to um, talk to us about taking every thought captive, I mean, that's a that's a well known verse. That you know, if we have struggled with anxiety or depression or you know, we've just struggled maybe with the kind of brain that gives us 10,000 thoughts per second. How do we take those thoughts captive from your perspective? And what does that look like in motherhood? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a hard one. We have heard it a lot, but sometimes we don't finish the verse. It, it, it's to align it with truth, right? That's the purpose. I'm not just out here catching thoughts like butterflies for yeah. the fun of it. Like I'm catching them and aligning them with what is true and and this happens at every age and every stage of walking through with the lord it just does it wasn't too long ago that when my first book released i'd never done that before right new author yeah. didn't have this experience before it was during covid so everything was even weirder than it would normally be and um, i remember it was coming up and the publicists start setting dates for podcasts i'd never done podcasts before this really isn't my normal life right like i'm <laughs> I'm here raising kids and and cooking food and cleaning toilets and so now I have this schedule and i'm typically not an anxious person Person, but it made me anxious because yeah. there were all these things that needed to be done, and none of it could be done today. It's just this is on the calendar, and this is on the calendar, and I'm starting to wonder: Can I even do this? Is this <laughs> is this going to make me crazy? And yep. so I remember calling a friend and saying, "I kind of feel this ball of nerves in my stomach, and I'm wondering: Is this just what it's going to be like from now? Is this I just I'm just going to be nervous this whole next six six weeks, and that's how I'm going to get through it?" And she asked me, and this is why we need godly friends. She asked me one question. She said, "Katie." I want to ask you, what are you believing to be true about God right now? Mm -hmm. And that question just leveled me. I was crying. I was thinking, because I I hated the answer to it. Mm -hmm. I'm believing that he's not enough. Mm -hmm. I'm believing that he would take me this far and just hang me out to dry. I believe that he's going to let me Mm -hmm. fail, let me sink. Mm -hmm. He's just not enough in this. Mm -hmm. And that's not even true. But that was a thought that was getting in my head and I was believing it. So it's a friend to come beside you and say, "Let's, let's take this thought. And hold it up against what we believe to be true. And so that's why, that's really why remembering is critical. Because our lives do feel sometimes like they're just too much. Or these moments really are, I really am failing at this. This kid's crying and I'm crying and I don't know what to do. You know, there are times that we are beyond ourselves. And so remembering scripture is everything. God, who are you here? What have you done in the past? How do you love your people? And it's remembering that that gives us the courage and strength to align those thoughts and say, wait, this is not true because this is who I believe you are, God. And so we can declare that and pray over it and ask him to send his Holy Spirit helper, who he said in John 14 is the one who helps us remember and go out and can we do it through his strength instead of ours. So that's what it's looked like for me.
0: I I love that. There's two things that you said in that that I really love. The first one is that you had a friend who reminded you. So before I get to the second thing that I love about that statement, talk to us a little bit. I, I know this could seem like, it's off topic, but it's really not. Talk to us about how having close Christian friends can actually help us in our quest to be more fully present to God.
1: Yeah. Well, sometimes we can't see our own blindness. In that moment, I couldn't, right? And it's typically when we're in new areas. So now you're walking with a kid, you've never, maybe it's your oldest child and you've never done teenage years before. Like we're new at this and we're new at this and we're new at this. Then you're empty nesting. Well, you've never done that before. Well, now you're a grandma. You've never dealt with in-laws before. You've never done this, right? So I'm realizing that life is just a whole series of new beginnings. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's hard to see. We know what we've done in the past. We know maybe the way our parents have done it. But when we're in new territory, sometimes we need those godly friends and mentors to come beside us and say, Wait a minute, I think you might not be seeing this right. You might be missing something. And those friends, you know, it's amazing when they are in our life on the day to day, but sometimes they're at a distance. And this is where technology is amazing. I'm, my, that friend of mine lives in Tennessee and I'm yeah. in Washington State, yeah. you know, so she was a phone call away. Sometimes it's books, sometimes it's podcasts. Like God gives us all of these mentors who can speak into our life and remind us of truth.
0: Yeah, I love that. The other thing that you had said in that conversation was that we need to declare scripture. Now, talk mm-hmm. to us about that. What does that look like in your everyday life? So you've got these four kids and I think I read somewhere, are you homeschooling all four? I am. Well, one's graduating, so God I guess I can I don't think anymore. <laughs> Okay, there's so many questions I have. Like, how did you deal with high school math, or did you just outsource that? But, <laughs> well, I kind of like to learn. I told you that at the beginning. I'm yes. a little bit nerdy, so yes. that has been fun.
1: And one of the educational programs we use, they say it's redeeming two generations of education. So I am learning right along with them and trying to remember all the algebra and all of that. Yeah.
0: Well, I love learning too, just not math. But anyway, just not back. math. <laughs> back to our conversation. So, what does it look like in your everyday? day life to declare scripture over these thoughts so that you can contain and bring them back into focus on the Lord. Yeah. The absolute best tool
1: I have for that is really scripture memorization. Mm -hmm. And that has become the biggest part of my life in the last few years. I really have undervalued it. And I think kind of culturally in the church, we do undervalue it. We think it's great for kids, like memorize those when you're little, and then we become adults Uh when we need it even more, when we're facing the challenges. Yeah, and we're not we're not actively doing it. So in memorizing scripture, there's a couple things I've noticed. Well, I told you it's easy for me to be disciplined to be in the word, but there's times where it's actually not. There's times where real suffering has hit our family, like real tragedy that has just this kind that makes your stomach turn and you can't lay asleep, you lay awake at night. And I can go to read my Bible in the morning and read a verse. And then read it again and realize it's not sinking. Like my mind is just spinning so much. I'm not even retaining anything. And at that point, it's what I've already fed my heart and mind that I have to lean on. Lord, what do I know to be true about you? What have I learned in the past? Because I'm not even comprehending what I'm reading right now. So that has been useful at at a time like that. But also I've noticed through scripture memorization is that it is doing what God intended the word to do. It's helping me meditate on it, right? When I have to say that over and over and over again, Mm. then it's just sinking deeper and deeper. It becomes the words I pray. I remember when I was a new mom with one of my babies and a, a woman from church came to my house to visit me and she prayed. And as she prayed, she was praying so much scripture. And I remember noticing that and thinking, how does she do that? Like, where, was she looking at her Bible? Like, where is she getting that stuff from? She's just praying Scripture. But I realized that she had put the time in, and God's words were becoming her words. Right? That she had internalized them, and they're just coming back out because His Word does not return void. So, um, memorizing Scripture has helped do that for me. It just it brings it to the forefront. When I'm listening to a sermon, I worked with uh, with my kids to memorize John 14 two I summers love ago. That. Yeah, I remember when we hear it, and then we hear it in another sermon, and we're like, wait, we know that. It triggers something in your mind, which is the way God designed our minds to work, to bring us again. Wait, I know this. I know this. And it makes you pay attention and cue in. So it's really been vital to work on. And it's not easy, um, but
0: but we do work on memorizing scripture and internalizing it. I love that. Um, scripture memorization has been a big part of my life as well. And what I have learned too, going back to what you said, is that when you memorize it, it's in your mother in the moment you need it. You know, so the Holy Spirit brings it back and then you know what to pray for your kids that, you know, Mm -hmm. I always think and tell mamas that one of the greatest gifts you can ever give your kids is to pray scripture over them. Because when you're praying scripture over them, you know, you're praying in God's will. And so as you're praying scripture over them, God's word is powerful. And it, I have, I have seen some of my kids transformed as we have prayed scripture over them. and so. As, as you think about what Katie has said, Katie said, you know, memorizing and When you take the time to memorize, and you can start small, you don't have to memorize the whole book of John, you know, start with one or two verses, but really get them in your mind. The Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit is going to bring that back when you need it the most, and it's Mm -hmm. going to be right there in your thinking and right there on the tip of your tongue. So I like that, um, Katie, a lot. And then, you know, when we think about declaring God's word, sometimes As you say, we forget about who God is in a situation. And Mm -hmm. I think it can be helpful to write down, even make a list, who does Mm -hmm. God say he is? And write that down with the verse next to it. So that it's in a prominent place in your home so that you can remember, okay, I'm fearful right now, but God says he is almighty God. I am anxious right now, but God says he's the Prince of Peace. And by having those in front of you, again, it just gives you another tool to manage your thinking. Okay, so mm-hmm. you we think about this world we're living in, world of cell phones, of internet, of social media. I mean, you know, my daughter and I were talking uh, a few months ago and she was like, Mom, how in the world did you parent us without Google MD, you know, (laughs) there wasn't even Google MD back then, you know, and, and then another daughter said, and how did you do our birthdays without Amazon? You know, now we can just click and it's delivered to our house. So the whole world has changed rapidly in these last Mm -hmm. few years. How do we stay focused on what really matters to God here Mm -hmm. and now?
1: Yeah. That's a tricky one because it has changed a lot. I, I would maintain that interruptions and distractions and all of it have always existed, right? Sure. I think about – I mean, go back 40 years ago when people were reading their newspaper on their couch and we could use that to block other people's people out. We yes. could just put the newspaper up and I'm going to not pay attention because I'm going to read the newspaper. So I think – the um, our hearts that are prone to wander have always been there, but it really has reached a feverish pitch because it's so much closer. But I think it's important to not take our eye off the issue here, that it's not really the internet. It's not really the mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, those can be used for good and they can be used for bad. And mm-hmm. there are times where I think silencing them is a really healthy thing to do. Sure. But I also think the struggle is healthy too. Because I think that's us trying to listen and discern what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. And this is, you know, I'm at this age now where I'm raising these teenagers and not only am I making decisions for me, but they're seeing what I do and I'm teaching them what to do too. Yeah. And it's its easy to go down these lanes and off these cliffs where, you know, all of a sudden we are consuming more mm. and we notice how it's changing us. And mm. so then when we have that struggle, we have this dialogue with the Lord and we're asking him you know, what am I preferring here? What am I seeking after by looking at this? What am I wanting more than you? And I think he loves those questions. He loves to guide us back to truth in that.
0: Yeah. I love that, Katie. And then how does staying focused on God help us be more present to our kids? Like how are the Mm. two interrelated from your perspective?
1: Well, when he commands us to love our husband and love our kids, he designs us to obey those commands, right? Like Uh our minds and our hearts are for that. And they're just so easily taken away. So when we ask him, can you help me do this, Lord? Because this is hard. This is different right now. There are all these distractions. That's where he's going to send the Holy Spirit to remind us. And sometimes I even make the practice of, When I'm doing something else, say I get on my phone, I mean, how many times have we got on our phone for something legitimate? I need to look at this recipe then I'm looking at the weather and then I'm looking at someone else's (laughs) color that they painted their house, right? Like I'm just, it's so quick, that line from jumping 20 miles from where you intended to be. But I can say right now while I'm doing it, when I pick up my phone, sometimes I say, okay, I'm getting on here to look for this recipe. I'm telling my mind what to do because I need to say it out loud. And there's nothing wrong with using that as a form of entertainment sometimes too, but I want to say that, you know what, I'm going to get on here for entertainment for 10 minutes. I'm gonna say what it is. So I'm not going to waste all that time because time matters. We're told over and over throughout scripture that the days matter and I want to use them well and I want to honor the Lord with them. So I'm just gonna be completely honest with him and with my kids about where I'm at with this. And I'm going to keep on asking him to
0: redeem my time. Let me use it for you. Let it glorify you, Lord. I love that so much. It's like you're setting a boundary for yourself, almost like a little self-management meeting. You know, sometimes that's a principle (laughs) that I teach because I think sometimes we're great at managing our households or other people, but we have to self-manage too, right? Under the influence and power of the Holy Spirit, obviously. But saying, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to take three minutes and look at this recipe, or I'm going to take five minutes and check my social media, you know, because I need to make other people feel validated, you know, for what they've posted. And so, but giving yourself a time limit so that you're not, all the way consumed by that. And then you realize, okay, my kid has been trying to tell me something for the last hour and a half, and I've been Mm -hmm. too distracted to even listen to them. And Mm -hmm. so um, taking every thought captive, putting boundaries around... Uh, some of what distracts you certainly helps memorizing scripture. I love all of these ideas, Katie. You're being so practical with us and I sure appreciate that. Okay. So how we're going to, we almost are out of time here. I can't believe it, but how do you want to challenge our listeners today? I want to challenge your
1: listeners to be rememberers. I just don't think it's a topic we think about that much. We, we focus a little bit more on the distraction, but what's behind that? How can I be someone who knows truth, who knows the God of the past, is the God of the present, mm-hmm. and he's going to be the God of the future, not only for me, but for my kids, for my grandkids? We see this throughout De- Deuteronomy. like He set these things in place so we would pass them on. Mm-hmm. And, and the mission of the world at the moment seems to be to get us to focus on the present moment, Mm. but we know we're living for a greater eternity. So I want to live as if that's true. I want to live as like this moment is not everything, but I have a heritage that I'm passing on. I have little people in my home who are watching me or big people who Mm -hmm. are watching me, Lord. And I want to live for a moment beyond this one. I want to live and honor you for eternity, that that might be passed down to my kids and my grandkids. And in order to do that, we have to be the remembers, the one who remembers God's truth and is going to pass that on. So Mm -hmm. it's a big undertaking, but it's also an undertaking that he equipped us for. He equipped our minds to remember. He designed our brains. And we get to study that a little bit in the book. We get into the nerdy science part of it, how Mm -hmm. he created our brains to obey
0: him here. So I would just challenge your readers to commit to being the remembers. I love that. You know, there's, there's something I've written about called the worship of remembrance, because when we remember who God is, it leads us to worship Him, and so then we are honoring Him in in every way. We we are worshiping Him through our ma- with our mouths as we praise Him. We are worshiping Him through our lives as we parent. We are worshiping Him as we live out our marriages, and so remembering is key. So we've been talking today with Katie about this great idea of, but then she remembered. That's a great title, by the way, Katie. So it's Katie Westenberg. And Katie, how can our listeners get in touch with you, order your book, follow you on all the social media things and, you know, just stay in touch with you? Yeah, on my website, which is Westenberg.com. And I also
1: am occasionally on Instagram and Facebook at that same title. But the book is available or will be available as of April 25th on Amazon and at some local bookstores and
0: Christian book, those places. Uh huh. And we will have all of that information for you in the show notes, mom. So we're going to wind down our conversation with Katie. Katie, thank you so much for being here with us. This has been incredible. I love all the practical tips you gave our mamas. And, you know, this has been such a powerful episode, I feel, helping you to connect more deeply with God and more empathically with your fellow moms and more intentionally with your child. As we remember who God is, he's going to empower us to do that. So thanks for joining us today on the Connected Mom podcast and join us next week for another conversation to help you connect more deeply with God, more empathically with your fellow moms and more intentionally with your child. This is Becky Harling saying goodbye for now. Hey all you moms out there, this is Becky Harling and I love creating resources to help you connect more empathically with your child. One of those resources is a book that I wrote called How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. One of the greatest skills you can cultivate, really enhance that connection with your child, is the skill of listening. So how well do you really listen? This book is loaded with practical ideas to get your kids talking and to help you as you listen. You can buy it wherever Christian books are sold. You can order it on Amazon or anywhere else. So I hope you'll get a copy of the book and put the work into listening to your child.